Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Round one of the MLS Cup playoffs in the books. Bring on the conference semifinals. Here's a look at the updated bracket in the West. The Seattle Sounders will face LAFC and the Houston Dynamo will take on Sporting Kansas City in the East. FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia Union will go head-to-head and Orlando City will take on the Columbus Crew. That match on November 25th. So Orlando, let's chat some Orlando. Second seed in the East. They took down Nashville in two games in that first round of the playoffs. And Jaleel, they've kind of been this sneaky good team all season long. I feel like they sort of flew under the radar for a little bit. What has made them so good, especially at the end of the season? Yeah, I think the first thing is their production out of their designated players. And they have been really the ones that have carried the charge. So when you're talking about Fagundo Torres with 14 goals and four assists on the season, the leading goal scorer in NMLS play, that's what you need out of a designated player. But when you look at their midfield, Mauricio Pereira is the one who is really bossing everything in there in that three-man midfield, his 12 assists leading the team. But then again, if you add to that, it's the this guy being flipping amazing here. <laughs> Duncan McGuire has been Excellent in his rookie campaign, 13 goals and three assists in MLS play. And for Oscar Pareja to continue to get the best out of these young American college players is prolific stuff. And in a salary cap league like MLS, that's what you have to do. You have to be able to find diamonds in a rough. And the last thing that I'll say is that this team is unbelievable when they're leading at or leading at halftime. Mm-hmm. If Orlando is leading at halftime, they're statistically undefeated. They will not lose a game, so it's always going to be the race to the first goal against them, and Columbus Crew knows that. So, Suze, I'm going to list a couple things. Okay. And what my goal is, by the end of the me listing these things, you feel the itch to bet on MLS oh, again. God. Okay? <laughs> Which, every time she bets on MLS, they lose. Whatever her bet is. Yes, Except I'm aware. It could be full. It could be a lock. You know, you know the, the lock get will roasted by Jimmy Conrad. Bro. I, it's crazy. The, the, media, the media packets <laughs> that the teams put out, there are some glaring stats in there that you're like, wow, that's a stat. Rattle them Just out. Just Orlando hasn't lost in their last seven. Mm-hmm. They are unbeaten in 14 home games. Orlando City hasn't lost to Columbus since 2021. Get out of here. And before that, 2018. Nuh-uh. That is the run they are currently on. Hmm. Now, I will ask you, who do you think will win <laughs> the first match between Orlando <laughs> and Columbus? There's only one match. Yeah. yeah. Well, who will win this one? Remember, it's in Orlando. I know. 
Choose I mean, wisely I mean, here. I mean, the, the head bet, is bet, saying, bet, obviously, bet Orlando. The, okay, so then congratulations, draw. Columbus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so unfair. That, so think unfair. about that. They That's haven't, incredible. They incredible haven't lost in, in, in seven, unbeaten in 14 home games. They haven't lost to Columbus since 2021. And we're talking about, if you want to talk about XG, Columbus is playing them off the park, but Orlando <sighs> finds ways to win. Yeah, I, I, I like what you say about Orlando finds a way to win, and I think that's the seal of Oscar Pareja, mm. who gets the most out of his players, although they're not superstars. At Dallas, he didn't really have top-of-the-line superstars. He had an academy. The and, academy and products. And he was reinforced with certain Latinos that I think understand culturally and his background, what they, what he wants out of them. For example, like a Franco Jara on that uh, FC Dallas team back in the day. He was, he was really good, and I don't think he's been that great since. He's not in the Argentinian league, by the way, Franco Jara. Um, and in Orlando, I think out of the Latinos, he has better quality. Um, and not only that, as opposed to the academy players that he had at Dallas, here he has, let's call them, I, I don't want to be mean, but... And they have MLS players, bang on average yeah, yeah. MLS yeah. players, but he gets the most out of them. Again, a kid like Duncan McGuire, who every year that MLS progresses, we're kind of shying away from the model of a kid needs to go to college to get to MLS and to be able to further succeed in Major League Soccer. It's more like the academies, the, the, more, the, the, the route that'll probably give you a better off shot at playing in MLS. But look at Duncan McGuire. Look what Oscar mm -hmm. Pane has been able to do with Duncan McGuire. And on top of that, over a long period of time, because he has shown that he is a coach that can put a sustainable model going forward. Orlando has shown that. He's, he has been sensational for them. And it's interesting because his contract is up at the end of the season. And there's really been no word as to what happens next for him and his future with this club. So that's something to, to keep an eye on as well. For you, Jaleel, yeah. are they an MLS Cup contender? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are I you saying absolutely just because they're in the playoffs or absolutely they no, deserve? No, 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 no. They're, I think they're they're contender because of the way that they've been playing. Sue's, Sue's put it perfectly. They've flown under the radar, and I'm not really too sure why. Because this is the team that has the second most points in MLS, mm -hmm. bar none, only behind Cincinnati. They, they would blow any team out of the West as well. So I think this is an Orlando team that's scary. Any team doesn't want to play against them, especially when you have to go into Exploria Stadium. It's hot compared to where it is in Columbus and other regions of the country right now. It's, it's going to be a tough one, but overall, Columbus does look good as well. So I don't think this is only an Orlando thing or only a fixture that you can say is done and dusted. Exactly. That's it. why I'm not yeah. going to bet on MLS anymore. I tried. Well, that's, that's not I the tried. Only I'm why you're not going to bet? Because it hasn't both, gone well for both you. Both teams to scores. Uh, <laughs> don't do oh, it. I don't even like that. I start getting the, <laughs> the itch. The itch. You've got a problem Make with MLS. It stop. Uh, November 25th. Orlando and uh, Columbus oh, go so at it. Far away. I know it's so far away. Uh, before we go, uh, the CBSSports.com put together their best eleven for the MLS Cup playoffs so far. Here is how that looks. Do we agree with this? I think. 
I like shallowy maybe to get a shout. Shallowy should get a shout. I agree. Albert Rusnak has been great for Seattle, though. Polito. Mm. Okay. I don't. Hate I don't know. It. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I'd have to dive in more. You no can read. Lucho, no Lucho Acosta in there, though. Yeah, no, he's right. There he is on the Where right. Is he? Oh, there oh, he yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I was looking for him in the middle. That's fair. Thank yeah. goodness. Uh, you can read the entire article at CBSSports.com. All right, guys, we're going to take another time out, and Bezo Zamane is going to join us when we return to chat some African World Cup qualifiers. Stick around. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Thanks for starting your day with us, Jaleel. How you feeling so far? Feeling great. We're almost halfway through the show. I'm warm. I yeah. got my jacket. I'm good. I don't think it is a Charlie who might be You can say the same over there, Suze, but this guy, this I'm, guy's I'm warm. Good. Man, must be nice. Not me. Um, speaking right. of warm. <laughs> speaking of warm, um, it's it's match day one for the African World Cup qualifiers. And for more, we are absolutely delighted to bring in our good friend, Mbizo Zamane. Look at this guy. He's got to be warm because he's rocking a tank top. Uh, yeah, the clothes are the enemy down here right now. We're going through a heat wave, and uh, it's impossible. It's impossible. Clothes are the enemy. Oh, my God. I wish. Well, I'm thank so you for jealous at least putting right a now. Tank top. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a hell of a tank top. Um, all right, so in Bezo, the, uh, the African World Cup qualifiers kick off today, but there's a new format that's been implemented. Can you kind of walk us through this? Yes, absolutely. A new format, but it's actually uh, quite straightforward. Uh, you, you have nine groups, six teams in each, uh, and the winner of each group gets uh, automatic qualification uh, to the tournament. Uh, however, there is uh, an extra slot that is available, uh, and that is acquired via uh, the best second place teams. Four best second place finishers will then enter into a tournament in the second round uh, in which they play each other in a once-off semifinal, uh, final, and then the winner of that then enters into the FIFA playoff against another continent, uh, and that that team will also get entry. So obviously, as African football fans, we're hoping that uh, we have 10 teams in the uh, coming World Cup. Mbizo, I heard you were on the show a couple Fridays ago before Copa Libertadores final. Buckle up, Mbizo. Out of uh, Sao Paulo. <laughs> and uh, I, ju I just want to let you know that if the Bafana Bafana oh boy. made the AFCON final, I would, I would wear for you, my friend, a South Africa kit <laughs> with all the pride because I know you would be suffering. You know, we're colleagues here. But I heard that Friday you didn't wear, you did not don the blue and yellow of Boga Juniors. But it's okay. I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, folks, folks warned me that uh, you may not let this go, uh, but I'll, I'll try to make it up to you, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, African qualifiers, just like I think South American qualifiers, are the two were, were, before there were more teams in the World Cup, the two most cutthroat World Cup qualifying avenues to get to the big dance. Um, and now with this more generous World Cup, it feels like it's a little bit easier. That, uh, that difficulty has definitely been dialed down. Do you think, despite that, there are some teams that might trip up on their way to the World Cup? Yes, absolutely, because, uh, you know, certainly it, one of the reasons before it was so cutthroat was because there were so few spots for so many different countries, uh, and many of whom were, we, we consider very top class here in, in Africa. Uh, but there are other factors in, in uh, Af um, World Cup qualifiers on, on the continent. Um, you know, there's infrastructure issues, uh, there's travel issues, um, certainly a lot of other uh, problems and, and, and difficulties that can arise. Uh, but the quality of football is also very, very high. There's a lot of very, very talented and hungry players. Uh, and certainly even the Giants um, can have a, a lot of trouble qualifying. Uh, of course, uh, it's, a, it's a bit longer, the process maybe, uh, as well now. But um, yeah, we're, we're all excited to see how it goes and looking forward to seeing uh, more of the African Giants uh, make it into the World Cup, giving uh, Africans a, a bit better of a chance to get further uh, in this World Cup. And, and who knows, maybe even win this thing. And Bezo, I want to ask about some of the groups, in particular Group I. Uh, we saw Ghana here uh, firsthand. They haven't looked great. We've talked about that. They seem to be going through a, a bit of a, of a downtime at the moment. But I look at some of their, com uh, their competition. You've got Central African Republic, Chad, Comoros, uh, Madagascar, and Mali. Is it safe to say that they may benefit from this group? Or do you think they slip up and somebody can sort of take that top position away from them? I actually think it's a it's a double-edged sword uh, here. I, th I think uh, you'd obviously expect Ghana to to do away with uh, your minnows like, like Madagascar and Central African Republic, of course, uh, Comoros and Chad as well. Uh, but Mali, Mali is a different beast altogether, uh, and they boast a lot of very top quality players scattered all over Europe, uh, including, of course, uh, Yves Busuma, who, who's one of my favorites at the moment, uh, Amadou Haidara, uh, the Dukouris, uh, Sheikh and Abdullahi. So you're looking at a team that is is uh, probably just as good on paper as Ghana is. Uh, and so if, if, if Ghana doesn't raise the level uh, of their football from what we've seen recently, uh, they can very well find themselves left out. Um, even though, uh, you know, even if they, they don't finish top, of course, they can still get second place best finisher. But uh, even that is, uh, is very precarious because, again, there are a lot of talented teams on the continent. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to join us again. And stay cool, my guy, during that heat wave. Very much. I'll try my best. I'm not <laughs> promising anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take another break. Ali Trost Martin is going to be back with some more headlines on the other side. Stay with us. morning footy here's a look at your Wednesday footy fix we've got some UEFA Women's Champions League action Bayern Munich taking on Roma at 1245 and Real Madrid will face Chelsea at 3 p.m. You can watch those matches on DAZN. And we have an international friendly. Belgium will take on Serbia at 2.45 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that match on FS2. But right now, let's send it over to our vision in pink, Ali
Kelly Trost Martin with some more headlines. Uh, it's giving fall. Well, hey, speaking of Chelsea, we start with the biggest news in American soccer. Emma Hayes has officially been hired as the new U.S. Women's National Team coach and will start full-time when her season with Chelsea wraps in May. U.S. soccer will make Hayes the highest-paid coach in women's soccer with a contract worth $1.6 million a season, a salary on par with what U.S. men's national team head coach Greg Berhalter earns. Hayes joins from Chelsea, which she led to six women's Super League titles in England and last season's UEFA Champions League final. UEFA will turn to new technology to try and avoid the issues with VAR that have plagued the sport. UEFA will adopt the use of electronically chipped soccer balls for Euro 2024 in Germany, hoping to improve the accuracy of semi-automated offside VAR decisions while also providing additional tracking data for players. The same technology was used at the 2022 Men's World Cup. UEFA Champions League uses semi-automated offside, but does not use chipped soccer balls. Nico, we talked a lot about this last week. Do you like the idea of using chipped soccer balls? And why do you think the leagues have been slow to adopt this new technology? I would imagine that it's... Uh expensive by the way fifa did this at the world cup this is when semi-automatic offsides was one of the first things implemented mm -hmm. um in the sport and to be honest at the end of the day did it make that big of a difference i thought that it was more of a selling point mm. and pr rather than quick efficient offside there were still certain offside moments for example lautaro martinez against saudi arabia a decision that took a, a, a long time. And obviously for semi-automatic offside, I would imagine the chip is to determine the first point of contact with the ball, not to measure if how far in front of the second to last defender the player is, mm -hmm. right? Still, I feel like then we get then we get the graphic and you know, like five minutes later. Whatever helps make the game more efficient and quicker, I'm all for. This is not my issue with VAR. Yeah. My issues with the subjective calls now, as opposed to something that's more objective as to whether the ball crossed the line in completion or not. Did the ball go out of bounds in completion or not? To determine the first point of contact for, for offside. So, Fußballliebe. Liebe means love in German, uh -huh. so it's Fußball, football, love. Sure. I love this. Uh, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> oh, you Liebe. And wow. I Liebe it. Uh, as long as it's to make everything more efficient. Sure. <laughs> sure. This is not going to solve sure. any of the VAR issues I have. He said, Jalil, as a player, yeah. how do you feel about all of the technology too that's much. being implemented? Too much. <laughs> yeah. it's, too, it's too much because I, I don't really see much improvement in the calls. Mm. There's still um, immense controversy, whether you're talking about VAR, or you're talking about chips in the ball. Listen. At the end of the day, referees have to perform, players have to perform, coaches have to perform, and there's always going to be an element of, of, of human either error or a rising up to the moment. No matter how much technology you implement, there's still going to be, at the end of the day, a human being has to make the right decision. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's oftentimes a lot of blame that's put on referees, yeah. but I've never played in games high profile, low profile, whatever, where I get the feeling that referees are trying to make the wrong call. So it's always gonna be part of the game that the referees need to do what they do. And whether it's a chip in the ball or you get a hundred different camera angles for VAR, referee still has to make the right call and players gotta do what they gotta do. What if we let the coaches throw challenge flags? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I like that idea. Hold on, Nico's 
brought in. Not everyone left. I've been a proponent from the beginning of VAR. I've been a proponent of the onus being on the manager instead of the referee because now what we're getting is this mm-hmm. over-scrutinizing. Anything can be reviewed at this mm-hmm. point. It's yeah. clear and yeah. obvious. We're not even talking about clear and obvious anymore. We're talking about the smallest of infractions that when you look at it in slow motion on all the reverse angles that are meant for Spielberg and not for referees to <laughs> Spielberg things in real time. You guys hitting Spielberg. It's, it's, it's almost like it's being manipulated to for the referees to call the game that, that they want to call and, and through a monitor, not the game that they're willing to see. So this chip conversation and, and UEFA trying to uh, take strides into technology, for me, it's more PR than anything else mm-hmm. because... It's sure. the right approach, though. It's we the right be, approach, but... We would be chastising them the, if they weren't trying. The World Cup, the World Cup did it. This, this is objective calls. This is goal line technology. It's in that same vein. This isn't... If you told me all of that investment is going to give referees more practice and more tools and more to, for, for their objective calls, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of like brushing it up. Here's what I say. Two challenges, you lose a sub if you get it wrong. It, no, you, you lose a challenge. Subs. One yeah. challenge per half and you lose it. If, if it's wrong, it's wrong. And if you can challenge something objective, you can. Ch- but if the referee, to his discretion, doesn't agree with you, you lost the challenge. I and like then what you I can't, said more. And, and then you can't challenge anymore that half. But my thing is, what is actually objective? It always comes down to a decision. It's always going to come down to interpretation. Yeah, sub- I meant to say subjective. Excuse oh, okay, okay. Me. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But still, it's always going to come down to, okay, at this moment, you could have a point of contact technology in the ball. Okay, but at the same time, the referee still has to, the, the linesman or woman has to decide was the off- was the player in front of the second to last defender. Right. There's and always it's something. It's going to take forever anyway. Until if you we get one of those half of the shoulder offside, like we got in the World Cup, it was imperceptible to the naked eye, the offside that... But then that becomes subjective as well. I just say bring all robots. No more refs. <laughs> all AI. Tell Christina Uncle that. Okay? Christina Uncle, learn the code. I'm sorry. All AI. Do you see Everything it, is computers. It, 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 I mean, you're kind of onto something, though, because it does feel like we just keep implementing more mm-hmm. and more and more in order to simplify when it's kind of having the opposite effect, at least in what we've seen we've seen recently. Do you think that there's a world that exists where we start to kind of retract and pare back a little once we've are because I feel like they've invested so much money in this yeah. technology to make it simpler. But. Is it a bad look to then kind of say, you there, know what, we're just going to kind of go back to the world. Go I, I, I go was. back to the World Cup, for example, the Frank Lampard shot against Germany that hits the uh, crossbar, yeah, bounces yeah. in, and Neuer takes it off the line. And we were thinking, oh, goal line technology would have helped England in that moment. They were robbed of that call. There's certain there, there's certain moments, like a, like a clear sure. handball, Diego Maradona, uh, against England. And then there are so many things. I know, right? Even on air. That's on air. <laughs> oh, no. On air. Jamie no Carragher has no taken over. Jamie Carragher has taken over Nico. <laughs> Control of Nico. Technology for those types of calls will work. Yeah. But now we're using technology for everything. For, for in, in the four situations that you can use it, you, you we're using it almost Guys, every you just There's a store in New York City where you walk in, you grab what you want, and you walk out, and it's not stealing. It charges you. Yes. Why are we wasting time with what one guy doing this thing? The, the communication is the problem. Yeah, who cares? Let Amazon run. Jeff Bezos, save us down. from this. Oh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Please help us. It's yeah. his store. It's his store. <laughs> if you can figure that out, 
where I'm not stealing Doritos, you just charge my Amazon account, fix football. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going <laughs> to. Football was perfectly imperfect. Perfectly oh, imperfect. Stop. It was. He's a purist. All right. We're going to take a break. Anita Jones is going to join us to chat uh, some England and their squad ahead of their remaining European qualifiers. That's coming up after a quick break. Don't go anywhere, guys. Welcome back. Euro 2024 qualifiers continue this week, and England are currently sitting on top of the Group C table. They have already qualified for the Euros, but they have a couple of matches remaining in this international break. Let's take a look at those fixtures. They will face Malta at 2.45 p.m. Eastern on Friday, and then November 20th, they will take on North Macedonia, also at 2.45 p.m. You can watch that match on VIX. So for more on this England squad and what we can expect in these final two qualifiers, we're going to bring in the one and only Anita Jones. Hello, Anita. Morning. Morning, team. How are you all? We're great. (laughs) It's great to see you, as always. Great to be with you guys and to talk about England in a positive light. A positive light. Oh, give me a chance, Anita. Oh, no, no, don't get him started yet. Okay, so, Anita, considering that England have already qualified for, for the Euros, um, and they've got, they've got some injuries that they're dealing with right now, notably Jude Bellingham, who suffered that, that shoulder injury. How much do some of these injuries that they're facing actually matter, considering where they're at in the table and the fact that they have already qualified yeah there's a slight caveat so they definitely qualified they will be participating in the euros in germany next summer but now the i guess the focus turns to being top seeded so germany automatically qualify as the top seed of all the nations in the tournament because they're the host england now want to be in amongst the top seeds if not behind germany so they can avoid the likes of germany France in those early stages, the group stages specifically, because whilst you want to beat the competition, you want to play the best, we don't need them to have a little hip-hop and, you know, cause madness early on. So um, I think Gareth Southgate will probably try and put out as strong a squad as possible. So you, you spoke about the injuries most recently, of course, Jude Bellingham having to pull out and Levi Colwell from, from Chelsea. Um Jude, who's been so key to Gareth Southgate's team, will be a big miss. But one thing that is very positive, I said positive at the start there, is that England have a plethora of like talented players. So he's just able to pick anyone, I think, in terms of strong. It's just whether they have their, that, that kind of synergy and they gel well together. Anita, uh... How easy is it, or how difficult, rather, is it for the public to get behind these games when England, and you compare it to Malta, England's going to win this game 5-0, without a doubt. They put their best team, they put their worst team. They're going to win by a hefty margin. Um, The Italy game is past them. The Ukraine game's past them. England is going to be top of this group no matter what team they field. So even as a journalist and a broadcaster, and put yourself in the fans' shoes as well. How difficult is it? We have this problem in the United States too, mind you, when we play these lower caliber countries in the region. How difficult is it to get behind one of these games and really take something out of it? So putting my fan hat on, 
You know, I'm an Arsenal fan. I don't want Saka playing. I want Saka on the first bus back to North London. That's what I want. Um, so I think a lot of fans will be thinking, why isn't Mikel Arteta, who of us, pulling that card? Because obviously James Madison, we know, definitely ruled out because he, he's probably not going to appear for Tottenham until the new year. But uh, I mentioned like Levi Colwell not being available as well. So um, from a fan perspective, it is really tough to get behind these games that feel like they're almost like dead rubber because you don't want to risk your best players being injured. Having said that, though, like I mentioned top seed is still up for grabs so there is something there and with the game against Malta on Friday they're playing at Wembley and like just to see England at Wembley regardless is a momentous occasion and I think the fact that Harry Kane is no longer playing here is somewhat of a pull you know he's already on his way to kind of breaking records at Bayern Munich so to come and see him here if you haven't been lucky enough to see him is something that a lot of people would want to do. Anita, my question is about some of the new faces on the team. In particular, Cole Palmer has scored four goals in the league. All of them have been from penalties, and I doubt he'll be taking penalties uh, with the England squad. My question is, what, do you have any insight, do you have any idea, maybe even just a thought of how Southgate might want to use a player like Cole Palmer? And do you think this is another one of those situations where England may be possibly overhyping a young player that's got a hot start to a season? Oof, there you came. Yeah. 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 I'm going to bring you back down to earth, baby. Right back, said. baby. So, overhyping. That's what we do best, my friend. We overhype every competition. We did it when it came to the Euros. We said it's coming home. It went home to Italy. Um, so, we're, we're very good at that. And in terms of where Cole Palmer is and what his ceiling is, he was in Man City. Pep Guardiola didn't want him to go. And... The fact that Riyad Mahrez went, that, that, that midfield area freed up. He wasn't going to be promised as much game time as he's getting at Chelsea now, but he was told he would get minutes. So the fact that Guardiola wanted him, I think, is a big enough indication to all of us that this isn't just a hype. Of course, he is still really young and um, he was elevated from the under-21s to the senior squad because of those injuries there. And in terms of how Gareth Southgate will use him, I imagine that if England do well, you know, Nico was saying there's something like a 5 nil or something, if they do get into those figures, he'll probably have a cameo appearance, you know, and come off the bench to replace one of the others. Um, so I think he's someone who looks really special, but Mauricio Pochettino, after that game against Manchester City, tried to, like, play it safe and say he's doing well we want to see how he develops so um probably let's let's be kind you know let's be supportive and he's got good vibes we saw him in there you know trying to trick his team and then he's of St Kitts Heritage as well I don't know if you've seen the TikTok of him like singing um he, he's got good vibes so we're excited about him especially if you're a Chelsea fan nice Caribbean legend Cole Palmer come on now <laughs> <laughs> And Anita, on the way out, just want to give you one more opportunity to big up England. We want to talk about Harry Kane. Um, is he the best striker in the world right now? First part of the question. Second part of the question is, who is the eventual next captain for England in your mind as far as how everything is playing out with your national team? So... I'll answer the last question first. Um, next captain, I think... I would probably go for someone like Kieran Trippier, Newcastle captain. Um, he's got a really, 
I want to say level head. Obviously, we saw him go up in that fan space at the end of the loss at the weekend against Bournemouth. But that also shows character. That shows that he's not a pushover. You know, he's come back from some serious injuries. And you think of character both off the pitch too. When he went to Newcastle, they were at risk of relegation. He was risking a lot. And you just see the way he garners his team, the impact he has from free kicks. Um, I think he's someone who's a great leader. Of course, you've got also Harry Maguire there, who's like vindicated the fact he didn't leave Manchester United. I mean, Alexis didn't even come asking me about Harry Maguire. That's how much of it. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to be negative. I was waiting for that one. No one can talk about Harry Maguire. He's keeping Varane out of the United starting eleven at the moment. But for me personally, I'd probably go for Kieran Trippier. And then in terms of Harry Kane being the best striker in the world, he's definitely up there. But you forget, my friend, I'm also half Nigerian, so I'm not going to forget about Victor Osteman either. So um, they're both very, very good. Shout out. Shout out to the Nigerian bondage. Let's go, Anita. Let's, Let's go. go. Oh, um, Anita, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, my friend. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take another time out. We're going to stay in Group C and chat Italy and their quest to qualify for the Euros. That's coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Morning Footy, continuing our Euro 2024 conversation. We're turning our attention to Italy, who have two remaining matches. Here they are. They will face their bogey team, North Macedonia, on Friday. And then on November 20th, they will take on Ukraine, 45 p.m. Eastern on FS2. Okay, so here's a look at the current Group C table. England, as we spoke on, they are sitting on top, followed by Ukraine. And Italy is in third right now with 10 points. So these two matches coming up are huge, huge to say the least. Now, these, the, this is the, the reigning European yeah. champions. They got two finals. They did not qualify for the World Cup, yep. Jaleel. How yep. catastrophic would it be two for them? Two in a row. To not. Two World Cups gonna, in a row. I wasn't gonna just <laughs> uh, yeah, stick yeah. it in there, but yeah. we'll leave it to Alexis. But, I mean, th- th- these matches are everything for them. What, what, what state are they in if they do not qualify for the c- competition that they won? Drama upon drama if they do not get in. Um, and these are their must wins. I feel like the Euros have already started for them because they have to perform. They have to get this done. And it's not going to be easy because this Ukraine side is is playing at a very high level. They're mm-hmm. extremely competitive. So if Italy is not at their best, they're going to see a situation where, my goodness, I, I don't even know. I can't even imagine what type of drama is going to ensue in Italy. But I do think I do think that they find a way to get it done, especially with Spalletti. They figure it out. It begins with this match. I mean, at some point, we've had this conversation multiple times. At some point, we have to label this a catastrophe. You, you miss out on two World Cups in a row. Yes, you won the Euro. It is a catastrophe. It but, is. But it feels like people have stalled on suggesting that. I know people resigned after the first World Cup uh, not qualifying. Uh, but at some point, we have to say this has to either 
completely end and you have to figure out either you go back to a Catanacho style, completely locked down, you defend your way into these, some, of these, uh, some of these competitions, or you have to completely shake things up. Because this is, at some point, this has to be wildly embarrassing, and it begins with North Macedonia, the team that knocks you out. You can't beat them in this qualifying. Now you have a match to, against North Macedonia where if you win, you have a better chance of getting in. You have to make a statement. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to beat North Macedonia in such a convincing way that some of this chatter well, I, I don't I don't think so necessarily, not yet. I think that convincing comes at the Euros where where most Hold on, matters. if they lose right, but to North Macedonia. Okay, yeah, but not if, beating but if them they three win, times in a row. But if I understand, but if they win one zero escape by a minimal margin, which it happened by the way, they struggled in, in the reverse fixture. Was it against Malta? They also struggled. Get to the Euros. You have Luciano Spalletti, who has just started out, who had this Napoli team playing very convincing, attractive football. Give him some time. His real big test will be this summer at the Euros. Mind you, Ukraine has a game in hand. They, they, they just have one more game left, and that's against yep. Italy. That is, that is their final. That's going to be all out. So mm-hmm. Italy has two finals. Beat North Macedonia. Doesn't matter in which way you do it. Hopefully for them, and hopefully for the confidence going into that last game, it's in a convincing, attractive way. By how we've seen Italy playing in the last couple of matches, in the last couple of windows, it hasn't been convincing. But get to the Euros. That is, and yeah, then that's have, where you gotta you convince just have me. To win. That's where you gotta convince yep. me. Convince me and wow me at the biggest tournament. They where won most it already, and it hasn't convinced us. So <laughs> I, I want to agree with you, but uh, what else? Uh, they need with to do qual- way more. They need with to get qualifying, though, you just have to get there. To Nico's point, I agree 100. percent You just have to get there. You don't have to win the fans over. In qualifying, you gotta win them over at the Euros. At the Euros. I think and, you do. And I, at the you World gotta Cup. make a statement in this game, though. You can't squeak by. They need four points. They need four points from these two games. Are they? Do they make it? No. I say yeah. I said it. Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> so wow, speaking of convincing. I'm going to say yes. Yes, they make Ukraine. it. Oh, my wow. God. No, no confidence at all. All right, we're going to take uh, another break. We are going to chat with Kevin Paredes, who is in camp with the U.S. men's national team right now in Austin, Texas. That's coming up after the break. Stick around, guys. We'll be right back. Just trying to feed that one through and nail it. Carries it on. Who wants it? There's the answer. Paredes. Kevin Paredes, the young American. Your family back home. Why does it go that feeling like now they're getting to see you play out here in Germany? Ever since I touched the ball, I just want to make my parents proud and my family proud. So, you know, them seeing me out here is just you know, a blessing for me and them. So I'm doing whatever possible to make them happy. Well, the U.S. men's national team are getting ready for a pair of quarterfinal matches against Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago in Nations League. And the guy who just got his third call-up to the senior team for the U.S., Kevin Paredes, joins us now. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. We're nice so good. We're really uh, thankful to you for taking the time to join us this morning. So you're in camp. You're in Austin, Texas. How's it going so far? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's nice to be back with the boys again. And, you know, the city's nice. I've never been. So I'm enjoying it so far. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about these these two upcoming quarterfinal matches. Um, What are you seeing from the guys? How are you approaching it? What's been the message from Greg Berhalter? 
Yeah, it's really nice to be part of it because, you know, always seeing it from the outside in these important games, it's like I always wanted to join it. I always wanted to be a part of it. So now to be with the uh, with the group, seeing how locked in they are, seeing how focused everyone is, uh, the coach encouraging us to, you know, get some results out of these uh, games that are coming up. It's just surreal to be a part of and, you know, I'm going to do whatever is possible to help. Kevin, uh, we showed a little bit of a clip of the last time you and I spoke. We, I was out in Wolfsburg or out in Berlin, and I uh, got a chance to speak with you. Uh, when I did, I asked you if you found any good Dominican food in Wolfsburg. You said you hadn't yet. Have you? It's still not there. No, we got to send yeah. some chimis up there. I got to send a chimie <laughs> truck to Wolfsburg. Um, my next question is, uh, I know you're a big fan of A Boogie. I know you listen to some of the similar music I'm listening to. A Boogie mm-hmm. likes to say he's an artist. When you're in the midfield, especially with the national team, how do you show you're an artist? How do you get your style out? Yeah, the, what makes him different for most artists is his creativity. And I think that's the same thing, how I like to you know, play, play with creativity, play with flair, uh, sort of like him, I guess, and, and his music. So uh, definitely, definitely use my creativity in my game. Yo, Kevin, what's up, bro? Uh, I just wanted to go back to your rookie year when you came into to DC United as a young 16-year-old. Looked like you were fresh off the prom with your lineup, everything. <laughs> Where does your confidence come from, and how do you instill that into your game, one? And then, two, you're, you're obviously an extremely versatile player. How does that really fit in to the men's national team, and how do you best want to contribute here against TNT? Yeah, where my confidence come from? I, I really don't know. I, I just always knew since I was young. I was always the smaller player, the sort of weaker player on the field. And I had I just had to use something to have an advantage over anyone. It was just to go out there and play my game and uh, do whatever is possible to beat whoever is in front of me. And I think I've carried that on ever since. And, and today, I carry on everywhere. Uh, what I want to you know bring to the table, bring to the team, is just uh, the work on and off the ball and, uh, you know, play my game and hopefully that's you know enough to you know help the team win and uh you know for these games if i play it'll be it'll be amazing feeling but uh yeah just to you know go out there and and give everything i have kevin help me get a window into a a day in the life of kevin paredes a dominican american kid from virginia in wolfsburg germany what's it like like where do you live you're comfortable now you're getting a feel for the for the german lifestyle yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been there a year and eight months, nine months, something like that. Still not, my German's still not good. I'm still learning every day. Still got my lessons and all that I need to go to. Is it that uh, hard? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really difficult language, especially like most of the team speaks English. So, you know, it's kind of custom for me just to speak English with the rest of the guys. And I wait for the German if I can. But, you know, definitely something I need to learn. Uh, but living, living in an apartment by myself. I had one of my teammates live with me for the past four months, Astor Franks, also a young guy from Belgium. Uh, but I just kicked him out. Yeah, but living there, it's been great. You know, a lot of great support from the, the staff, from the players. Uh, um, getting accustomed, you know, being by myself without my family has definitely been tough. But when you have such a great, you know, atmosphere and environment with the boys, uh, it, it makes the process so much easier. Food. What about the food? The food, ooh. Yeah, I'm not the best cook myself. <laughs> I, I, I be trying to cook some pasta and chicken here and there, but, you know. <laughs> Keep it simple. Say, I'm, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at it. Oh, you uh, didn't inherit your mom's Dominican oh, cookie? Oh, come on, leave him alone. No. He's on his own for the first time. You don't be doing the tres golpe for breakfast, bro? <laughs> that's not me, that's not me. I gotta ask, actually, about Dominican mother. When you FaceTime, you're living by yourself, young kid, out in Germany, when you FaceTime, what kind of Latin mom did you get? Did you get the crying, I miss you? Or did you get the show me your room, I'm gonna be mad at you next time I get home, next time I get there? <laughs> Chancletazo. Yo, chancletas for days, bro. <laughs> it's a good combination of both, actually. My mom's really like, she's really needy of, uh, of the things I need to do and stuff, so uh, it, it'll be like 10, 11 o'clock my time, and uh, I'm getting ready to bed, and she asks me, have I ate, and all that, and I'm like, mom, even if I didn't, what are you gonna do about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're not gonna come over here and just whip me up some food real quick, but she's she's really trying to focus on and everything, and uh, no, nah, I really miss my mom, but yeah, but she's really, she's really needy on my things. That's dope. <laughs> Love that. Um, all right, Kevin, we're, I'm reading here that your initiation song at Wolfsburg was Hips Don't Lie by Shakira. I'm wondering, number one, were you even born when that song came out? And when they played it, were you like, what? Yeah, I've never heard of this. What is this? What, like, what was, how did that even happen? Uh, they, yeah, they actually let us like pick our song. And uh, I, I was trying to get one that like everyone would know. Uh, and uh, I was trying to get the one that, not the like the normal songs or anything like everyone, like everyone was doing some, not boring songs, but I, I wanted to get the everyone get going and, and, and you know to show everyone the my my outgoing side. So I think that was a perfect song for me to I say. I celebrate that choice That's so a great choice. much. I mean, I am, I am a Shakira stan. That's a good so karaoke I, song. I have so much respect. I mean, did you dance also while singing the song? Of course, man. Of course. Yeah. Have you seen him in the midfield? That's, His hips don't hey, lie. That swag, <laughs> that swag has got to come out, man. It has to come out. Exactly. Yo, Kevin, just wanted to, to dive back into the soccer side of things. Obviously, transitioning into a team in a club is hugely important. For those who don't know, when you pick a, tra a song to, to sing, it's basically you're, you're welcome to a team. Now that you fully solidified yourself into this Wolfsburg side, scoring two goals and, and coming into your own, what do you think that has done for, for your confidence? Where do you want to go with the club and country? Yeah, well, it, it was a long period of time uh, since I've been with the club, a long stretch of that where I didn't play much. And, you know, every day I was there to work hard and learn from, you know, the best on the team with the coaching staff. So to finally get this, yeah, I knew as soon as I get my opportunity, I'm not going to let it go because I knew the feeling of not playing and uh, sitting out on the bench every day and it didn't felt, feel good. So I, I knew as soon as I got my opportunity, I'm going to show my best. I had a lot of, a lot of support from the guys, uh, from the coaching staff and directors and everything. So finally to get this moment feels really nice. Uh, uh, it's well, well hard work deserved. So, um, yeah, I'm doing whatever, whatever it takes, uh, every day, you know, show myself to the, to the group. Now they're having trusted me and confidence in me to, you know, give me the ball and let me do my things and stuff. And, you know, that, that, that's what helps me a lot when, you know, when you have that support and that trust from the group, um, to just let me be me on the field and it, you know, it's, it's going well right now. Uh, I'm hoping that I can, you know, bring this over to, you know, the men's national team. It's just, for me, it's just a, still a crazy moment to, to say uh, I can be a part of this team. 
Kevin, I know America, the American footballer doesn't always get a fair shake in Europe, at least perception-wise. Bundesliga, though, they, they have a really good track record of, of helping develop young American players. When you needed advice, and those moments where you weren't starting at Wolfsburg or were just trying to make your name, who did you reach out to for advice? Was it some of the other young players that had played there before you, maybe, or that are currently playing? Who did you talk to? Yeah, it was, at the time, uh, I, I remember Justin Che was also going through the ex exact same thing uh, at, at Hoffenheim, and he wasn't, you know, getting the much playing time. So, you know, just to kind of have someone like him, uh, same age, uh, leaving at the around the same time from home and stuff, and going through the exact same process, I think that was one one guy, and him and Jonathan Gomez as well as uh, two guys that I definitely like kept close contact to. You know, we we're going through the exact same things. You know. Uh, how to go through stuff mentally, physically to, you know, prepare us for where the position we're at right now. So I think that those two are definitely two guys that I, I kept close to during, you know, the tough times. Well, Kevin, it's been so much fun watching your success at Wolfsburg. And Julio mentioned it. Like, you are such a versatile player. You've, you've kind of played everywhere on, on the pitch. But since you've arrived in Germany, where would you say your game has evolved the most? Ooh. I don't know. I, I would say uh, the defensive side a bit more. Hmm. Uh, I, I think that's uh, uh, an area that the coaches has definitely you know worked on with me uh, personally, and uh, I'd say the attacking side as well. Just going, just tell, them telling me just to go at players and just try things, and you know when you get when you get to beat players like this in the Bundesliga and one v one situations or stuff like you you. They allow you to do it more and uh, allow you to uh, continue on with the confidence and stuff. So uh, they, they've helped me everywhere. Yeah, don't be modest, man. You do it on both sides of the ball, right? Yeah, of course. Of exactly. Course. <laughs> He's a complete player. Oh, Kevin, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Best of luck uh, in these upcoming matches. We're excited to see you out there. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Enseñale a esa gente que tú eres. Ya tú sabes. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.